Whether you're buying a new car, a used car, or refinancing your current car, FedChoice Federal Credit Union could help save you money. FedChoice makes buying a car so easy that you can do everything right from your smartphone or on a computer. Become a member today and you can take advantage of their great rates and financing options. Find out more at FedChoice.org. That's FedChoice.org. Membership open to federal employees including contractors and their families. FedChoice Federal Credit Union insured by NCUA. Gone. Absent. Away. Lost. Disappeared. Astray. Removed. Unaccounted for. There are many words you can use when someone is missing, but which one accurately describes what happened to Terrence Woods? The 27-year-old world-traveling video and film producer never came home from his last shoot in the Idaho wilderness, and so many questions surround the odd circumstances, like did he really just run down a cliff and vanish without a trace? This podcast will attempt to answer those questions a little differently. You see, this story is still unfolding with many angles to investigate. So we want to bring you along the journey with us into our production meetings, our thought process, our successes, and sometimes failures. A few things we can tell you from the outset. This story involves the search for gold, unforgiving terrain, some major players in the media landscape, a 911 call that's been described as sounding scripted, angry conflicts between the local sheriff and grieving families. But first, Terence Woods. Willkommen in Berlin. Istanbula Hoshgaudenes. Terence Woods loved to travel. He also loved sharing his experiences through video and sound. As I'm watching the clips on his Vimeo page, that's a website used by many in the video production industry, I appreciate his eye for detail, his passion for arts and culture. There are features on Berlin. And just behind me here, there's Brandenburg Gate at Brandenburger Tor, which has been here since the 18th century. Istanbul. I visited for five days in September 2017. And New York. New York. The Big Apple. I had been here dozens of times growing up to visit family, but I had never seen it by myself and never really felt like I'd been until now. His first love, though, London. London, England. Land of kings and counselors. History and culture. Old and new. London was my first ever destination outside of the U.S., and one of my favorite things about it easily was just staring at the Palace of Westminster here. It's been here since the 1800s, and it's the home to the legislative branch of the British government. London has long been one of my favorite cities. In the travel videos, Terence always wears his hair close-shaven, but he lets a tiny bit of fuzz grow on his upper lip and chin. His skin is the color of cafe au lait. He's trim with a sharp profile, and he has large almond-shaped eyes that take everything in. Another major attraction is St. Paul's Cathedral, which sits in the heart of the city of London. If you detect a slight British accent, that's because Terence Woods made his home in London for the last six years, though he was born and raised in Prince George's County, Maryland, just outside of Washington, D.C. His father's home is a showcase of Terence and his younger brother, both boys a source of great pride. That's his first Tickle Me Elmo. That's games of his. He still got his robot sitting over there. My colleague Ronnie McRae and I arrive at the modest home on a late January morning. There's snow on the ground, and I think about the snows in Idaho. The doorbell sounds like dogs barking. When Mr. Woods answers, I see he's a big bear of a man, at least twice the size of his son, 
with a broad smile that hardly remembers how to cross his face when he allows a light-hearted moment to sneak in. I notice he has tattoos of his boy's pictures on his thick forearms. We step into the woods garage. Like mine, it's mostly storage. There are cases of water bottles and snack foods for lunches, shelves of household supplies, extension cords, jumper cables, an assortment of hardware, an old electronic keyboard. This garage also stores sweet memories of childhood. That's when he was president, running for president in elementary school. Oh my goodness. Yep. Did he get it? Yes. He did? Yeah. Posters and pictures decorate every wall. Front and center, a grainy black and white blow-up of Terrence and his little brother that looks like it was taken in a Chuck E. Cheese photo booth. It has a tiny green handprint on the top labeled Joseph, three, and a larger red one on the bottom border says Terrence, seven. Father and son share the same name, which is bittersweet now that Terrence has been gone for months. No, my father and everybody call me T, but, and then my son is baby T. In the dining room, there's a set of blonde wood curio cabinets. Among the display, framed graduation and school photos of the boys and trinkets from Terrence Jr.'s world travels. The second shelf holds a large collection of shot glasses. Toronto, Vegas, Amsterdam, UK, Alaska, <laughs> Rome, Atlanta. He's supposed to bring you another one, huh? He's gonna bring it. Family members tell me Terrence's wanderlust began early. He was always the dreamer, always the creative. He's just a fun guy. He'd go around the family, he would sing. We would go in the country to my grandmother's house, my father's mother's house. He would always sing for her. And like we was over at my father's house the other day, it's one little step in his house. And when my son was a baby, he would get feet away from the step, but he would turn around backwards and back up and go down another step. Terrence Sr.'s face brightens a bit as he makes a little walking motion with his fingers. And he just always sing, he just always was a happy dude. Then the shadows return as reality snaps back in. No surprise that Dad still has the first book his son crafted in kindergarten. It's titled, A Little Brother for Sale. He brings it out and beams as we page through it. The cardboard cutout illustrations remind me of artist Alexander Calder. Did he do all these cutouts too? Mm -hmm. That's so good. He shows me books of published short stories, then unfolds a piece of paper. He sent this to President Bush in 2004. That's what he wrote to Bush. <laughs> so he's always a guy. So he went to University of Maryland. Graduated from there. Then he got a degree there, then he went to London and got a double master's degree in London. Where? In journalism. Um, Richmond, uh, Richmond, Richmond National Arts. And he graduated from there, and then that's when he started working for ITV. ITV is a British television network based in London. There were also stints at The Voice UK and many freelance assignments. The jobs were challenging, but rewarding. Did he ever talk to you about like what, when you do some of these remote um, shoots, what the, what the working conditions are like? Yes. What did he say? You know, he said, you know, in some areas, he said, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's cold, it's wet, some areas, you know, you, you don't have good sleeping areas, you know, 
And it was like, man, you know, why, why you want to do that? But he said, this is what the journalists do, Dad. You got to go wherever they send you. And he was, to him, he was excited about it. I'm like, well, that's the job you want to do. So what did you think when he said, hey, Dad, I'm, I, I want to go to London? Didn't want it. Nobody wanted it. But he had his mindset and he had goals and he was, everything he planned to do, he was doing what he wanted to do. So we just had to stick with it, you know. He stayed out of the country. He would call, I'm in Africa. He'd call, I'm in Germany. He'd call, and everybody would say, he's going somewhere again. And all he could do, you know, is talk to him and pray that he'd come home safe. Terrence did come home in July 2018. I wanted to know why he would leave London behind. Was there something that might be a clue to his state of mind? He said he wanted to be around his family more. He said he was coming home, so he bought all his stuff home in July, and then he started working from home. He started um, doing work for ITV upstairs in the office. They would send him film and he would have to, mm -hmm. you know, do different work with it. So he was working from home for like a month. And what was that like for you to have him come back? It was wonderful, <laughs> you know, because he would come in the room, Dad, you need anything? Dad, you okay? You know, he would go around the corner. My father lived right around the corner. He would go around the corner hang out with his grandfather, go to dinner on Fridays with them, you know, and it was great to have him home. It was wonderful, but it was just a fleeting glimpse of what their lives might have been. No one could imagine then what was about to happen, and even now, no one can really explain the events of October 5, 2018. It began with a contact asking Terrence if he was willing to pick up a freelance gig for Raw TV. The London-based production house was looking for an assistant to help out on a six-week shoot in the Western United States. Raw TV produces reality-based programming like the very popular Discovery Channel series, Gold Rush. It's all good gold, but it's gold fever, and I gotta be careful. It was a gold mine documentary in Elk City, Idaho. And what did you know about when he was supposed to leave and when he was supposed to come back? He was supposed to come back the second week of November, and he told me he was going to go, and he said, this is going to be the last one, Dad. And I was like, you don't have to do this. He was saying, no, no. Father and son drove to the airport Sunday, September 30th. We riding, talking, laughing, joking, then we get there, took his stuff out. We hugged, told him to call me when you get there. Yep. You kind of, you must play that scene over in your mind. That's the last time I saw my son. As is typical for grown children, Terrence didn't give his dad a lot of details. Terrence Sr. had no idea who else was on the crew, what exactly they were filming, or their travel schedule. The first place he went when he left Eddie went to um, Montana. Okay. He stayed in Montana until that Friday morning. So in Montana, he sent me pictures, everything was great in Montana. There was a text on Thursday, October 4, 2018. It read, Hey Dad, just got to the hotel in Idaho. It was 10.58 p.m. in Maryland, 7.58 p.m. in Idaho. Two hours later, Terrence texted a video. A steel gray river cuts its way through a rocky canyon. Huge fir trees are in silhouette at the skyline, and there's a light mist rising to the left of the frame. The scene is both beautiful and foreboding, with frothy whitecaps swirling where water rushes over the stony bed. The text has no locator, no words, no clues. 
The phone rings. It's almost midnight in Idaho. And he said, I made it here. I said, you're okay? He said, I'm okay. I said, okay, I'll speak to you later when I get up. About a couple of hours later, he texts me and said, Dad, I'm coming home on Wednesday to tell That would be cutting the trip short by several weeks, something Terrence has never done before. That text was sent 5.44 a.m. Idaho time, Friday, October 5th. Dad got the message later in the evening and replied, That's excellent. And make sure you bring me a shot glass from everywhere. Be safe. I love you. And I'm very proud of you. He doesn't know if Terrence ever got that text. It was sent just before 3 p.m. Idaho time. The crew was already in the middle of its all-day shoot in a remote area a few hours from the hotel with no cell service. Saturday morning, the phone rings again, and the Woods family's world is about to fall apart. He said, I have some news for you. What's the problem? He said, we have a problem with your son. What do you mean? Your son's missing. What do you mean? The voice on the other end was an executive with Raw TV calling from London. He tells Terrence Sr. that the production manager on site in Idaho will be calling to explain. That man's name is Simon G. Now I'm like, my heart's beating and I'm waiting for this caller so this guy Simon G could tell me what's going on. An hour and a half later, he says, the call came through. As Terrence tells me about that conversation, you'll hear him say out loud what was racing through his mind. First thing this guy said was, how you doing? I'm Simon G, okay. He said, um... First, I'd like to tell you about your son. Your son was highly recommended to us, and he was the first pick. Now, you're supposed to be telling my son is missing, but you're going into all this. And he said, um, when I met your son, you know, he didn't live up to my standards. What are you talking about? Well, I asked him to do different things, and he didn't know what to do. Okay, well, what's going on with my son? So he said, there's other things that your son did not do that um, I didn't like. What's going on with my son? So then this is when he tells me, well, we were finishing up. Your son was talking to one of the miners. I was in a vehicle doing some work. Your son told the miner that he had to go relieve himself. He said, something told me to look over near the cliff where your son was at. When I looked over there, all I saw was the radio laying on the ground. What are you talking about? So I leaped out of the vehicle and ran over there immediately. Your son was already, now you said you thought he fell off the cliff. Now you said your son was already 15 feet down the cliff, running like a hare. What do you mean running like, running like a hare? I've never seen anyone run that fast. All of a sudden I told the crew, get in the vehicle and go to the main road. And I took off down the cliff. But your son kept running, kept running. I said, so what did you do? He said, I stopped running after him because I'm a professional rescue and search person. And I didn't want to scare him anymore. I said, what do you mean scare him anymore? First you said he went to relieve himself. Then you said you thought he fell off a cliff. Now he's running down a cliff. Now you don't want to scare him. So we went back up to Topside. The vehicle went to the road. They didn't find your son. And that's when they allegedly went to the sheriff. No, they went to the person, the first house in the woods. They went to this person's house to make the phone call. And that's the last they claimed they seen of my son. I called my father, told my father, I called my son's mother, I called Raw, the show that he was working for. Once again, they didn't have any information other than what Simon already told me, and that's when we started trying to figure out what was going on.
Mr. Woods gave me a transcript of the 911 log from the Idaho County Sheriff's Office. It's time-stamped 6.41 p.m. on Friday, October 5th, and reads in part, quote, Advise that a male Terrence Woods, 27, from London, works for a TV company who is creating a movie in the area of Penman Mine. Never been in the woods, period. No guns, period. Terrence has been having a really hard time emotionally and had a mental breakdown earlier today, period. Dark complexion and light clothes, period. Terrence is not going to respond back to responders, comma, per reporter, period. Terrence does not have communication, period. There are people searching for him now, end quote. Search crews on ATVs circled the area. The Idaho County Sheriff's Office brought in dog teams from neighboring counties and eventually a helicopter. They couldn't find no heat signal, heat sense of him, no anything of him. So where did he go? They said they backtracked. They found nothing. Terrence Sr. keeps going back to the 911 log. Those words, mental breakdown, are a mystery. He remains convinced there is no way that's what happened. And had he ever had panic attacks or anxiety no. attacks before? He's been all over. I spoke with several people at ITV. I spoke with his mentor. They said, That's, what are they talking about? We've never had a problem with Terrence. And you're with these people for four days and now all of this. And to get this story in, no one want to give me any answers. It's killing me. We've passed through fall, winter, spring. Now summer is upon us, and still no sign of Terrence Woods. It's been torture for the family. Holidays were especially tough. You always put the tree up. You know, it was real, real, real hard. You know, I really stayed home. Like New Year's, I stayed in the house. I didn't do anything. Thanksgiving, I stayed here. Christmas Eve, I went over to my father's house, but I stayed here Christmas Day, I didn't go anywhere. Yeah. I don't feel like I have anything to celebrate right now. I mean, it's great being around my family, but it's just, I don't want to be a burden on anyone, you know? Leaving Mr. Woods home, I felt the burden too, of so many gaps in the story, so many things that just don't make sense, such as, why did Terrence want to quit the shoot? Did he really have a mental health issue? What was the shoot, and who was there when Terrence allegedly ran into the woods? Was there any sign of him ever in that canyon? How is it possible that he's never been found? I also left with some names and places to check out. When I got back to our studios, I knew I wanted to speak with my colleagues who had also touched on this case back in October. I've never walked away from an interview and tried to put the pieces together instantly like that. I mean, it sticks out like it happened yesterday, it was months ago. It does seem that everybody's given up on the story except for Dad, and Dad even, you know, he continually texts me every week about his son, and he's, you know, he's still really, you know, and I know that it's painful for him. In our next episode, take part in our production meeting as we map out the next steps. I reveal a clue I found in Terrence's journal. This is what they gave me. I can't understand his writing. <laughs> Do you mind if I look at it? I don't mind. 
and Terrence's mother helps fill in some of the blanks. This is what he sent me. And so... Okay. Mm. So there were... Well, not all people on the crew, but... Mm -hmm. It was just a few. It's interesting, it says Dave, okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd like a copy of that for sure. As we go deeper into the woods. Thank you for listening to this podcast, part of the Missing Pieces series produced by Fox 5 in Washington, D.C. Many, many people took time to help us in our search for information, and we are so appreciative of that. We are also especially grateful to the family and friends of Terrence Woods for sharing their stories with us and hopeful that one day they will get the answers they so desperately need. If you have any information that could help investigators or Terrence Woods' family, please contact the Idaho County Sheriff's Office. And one more thing, we'd love for you to join our Fox 5 Missing Pieces Facebook group. I'll be posting pictures and video from our episodes, and you can share your thoughts and questions or post messages for Terrence's family.